This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guests today are the hosts of Make Believe Money, Dan Wood, Damon Taylor, and Liz Sate. And they talk to me about their interest in finance. On their show, they explore the financial repercussions of fictional worlds, such as how much would an everlasting gobstopper actually cost? Or how much did that trip into Chicago cost Ferris and Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Or how much would the blackmail money that Hamilton needed in the musical be in uh, 2018 inflated dollars? If any of these kinds of concepts interest you, or, you know, they're the kind of things you've thought about when you watch movies, TVs, musicals, etc. I strongly, strongly encourage you to check out the show. Dan does an amazing job crunching the numbers, and Liz and Damon are wonderful sidekicks uh, who bring in a lot of humor and lore and details from the projects. And they're all just really good friends digging into what kinds of uh, fine details in our media, you know, keep bringing us back to it. Here we have a wonderful conversation about how finance kind of affects all of our our lives on a personal level. Dan is the financial professional among us, but he has certainly influenced the way that Liz and Damon view finance, especially early on in their relationship, and uh, the way that they are approaching it now as people planning a wedding and, you know, everyone, all of us really trying to make bigger steps in our lives as uh, late 20-somethings. So it's a really lovely conversation, and I was really just so happy to get to have it with these three. If you want to see Liz perform live, as Dan mentions that he gets to see a lot of her shows, you can see her perform with her Herald team, Cecilia, at the I.O. Chicago. And if you want to see a live show from the Nerdalogs, I would strongly encourage you to mark your calendar for March 10th as we are doing an album release show. We are releasing an album on the 9th, and we will be performing the album in its entirety on the 10th. I can't wait. I've got a song in there that's about Bitcoin, so if this whole finance conversation tickles your fancy, maybe you should come check that out. If you want to hear the song about Bitcoin before then, then uh, check out Cryptocurrency with Shandy Winters on YouTube or at nerdlogs.com where you can find more information about that show as well. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this and make sure to check out Make Believe Money as well. What did you guys get into today before we met? 
we all got dim sum and we then did. pretended we were buying a house so that we could spy on the house that Dan and Megan are going to buy. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah, so I put an offer in a house. So, nice. You know, small things. Yeah. Congratulations. No big. Thank you. <laughs> Not at all germane to what we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but it's the house, Megan and I keep calling it the house we're not going to get because we don't want to get like too excited and then have it taken out from us. So we're like, yeah, when, if we, you know, when we move into this house that we're not going to move into, uh, we will. Right. I know that game. Yeah. I played that game uh, with my wedding dress recently, actually. I I found one online that I was like, it's not going to work. It's not going to fit. I'm not going to like it in person. It's going to be fine. Like, I'll just keep looking. And then I went and it worked great and it was like exactly what I wanted and I was like okay good job good job like tempering those expectations (laughs) yeah I just don't want a situation where I'm like oh we didn't get it well, I'm going to cry and eat a tub of ice cream. I want to be like, all right, there's other houses. Just we'll be okay, but seat. we'll see what happens. Can we so, still do that, though? We can still eat ice cream and, you know. I was going to say, that's like a win or lose thing for me. <laughs> yeah, you celebrate with ice cream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Either way, it's behind the pane of glass and I'm ready. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I When I took a big test at, uh, after college, there was like a bottle of champagne and a bottle of tequila. And it was like, I'm just going to open up my results and then I'm reaching for some alcohol. It's just a matter of which. <laughs> Alcohol. <laughs> that seems like a good policy to me. That's so. cute. Uh, Did you say it was cute? You, you didn't choose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went for the tequila either way, but it's not hand there. Is it still a tequila sunrise if the thing you're mixing with it is champagne? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's called like a tequila snake bite. Or yeah. like that. Snake juice. Snake juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually, that was the first episode of your show that I checked out was the one where you calculated the worth of Ron Swanson. Yeah. I really, really liked that. Oh, uh, and uh, it prompted me to when I was telling a friend of mine and past guests of MBSing Ryan Bent about the concept of make-believe money, he was like, they should try to figure out how many man hours of time were lost on The Office because of how little all those people were doing their jobs. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, that sounds impossible, but also would listen 10 out of 10. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's actually a lot of fan theory around that. About, like, they think that it's specifically Kevin's fault. Like, That's that Kevin amazing. is, because there's a, a throw, it's not a throwaway line, but there's a joke that he has and is like, and this is uh, a number I call uh, Clevin. <laughs> and it's just like the oh, number yeah. he puts in when <laughs> things don't add up for him. And it's like, oh, they are terrible. They just, they he's been <laughs> unconsciously committing fraud this entire yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. It just, yeah, if, if that could be quantified. <laughs> I will try. I've only been defeated once so far on our podcast. Was the... The what? almanac and Back to the Future, yeah. which is uncalculable, no incalculable. Yeah. yeah, too many things are. There's too many variables. <laughs> yeah, I, I basically looked at it and I was like, "There's thousands of sporting events a year for 50 years. It's incalculable. I yeah. can't do it." Yeah, um, for but sure. I, I will, we'll take a look at the office. See what I can do. That'd be interesting. Because you'd have to look at all of the odds across all man. Every yeah, event totally for impossible. 50 years. I was like, I could do this if I spent the rest of my life on it, but I don't want to die here today. <laughs> it's, it's, Your life's work. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So My magnum funny. opus is it, oh, it's worth $20 billion. Okay, let's walk away now. So, Wait, what? <laughs> it's uh, pertinent for our conversation for the length of the show. My guests today are Dan, Liz, and Damon of a show called Make Believe Money. And I would love to kind of go around the horn and have each of you introduce yourselves and what your origin of interest for uh, finances are. Oh. Oh, uh, I'll go first because I'm the most linear, I think. Sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, this is Dan, for those who don't know which voice is which. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, we, I think Dame and I sound enough alike that it yeah. won't matter in the long run. But <laughs> Probably. Um, at least that's what our listeners tell us. <laughs> it's it's tough. There have been a few times even when I was listening and knowing you and like knowing your voice a little better where I get a little confused. Yeah. <laughs> I know what we are. Yeah. For those who have trouble telling us apart, just listen for Damon's beard. Yeah, beard. you can hear it. Good advice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I graduated college. I did my undergrad in finance. I've always kind of been into finance, but an undergrad in finance, they tend to teach you more like corporate finance, how to do finance for companies, that sort of thing. And I've always been really, really interested in personal finance. It's something kind of my mom instilled in me. And I was dating uh, my girlfriend, who is now my wife at the time, and I was telling her I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, as none of us do. <laughs> and she was like, you always get really excited when you talk about personal finance, so just go do that as a job. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah she's much smarter than me. Everybody in the room knows that. Everybody <laughs> here knows her. So, um, But yeah, so basically I did some corporate finance, some investing finance for a while, and then went and did personal finance. It's what I'm doing right now. I'm a financial coach, and I really, really love it. Um, but I'm also a huge nerd. And <laughs> so one day I woke up, and I was like, I really want to tie in finance and nerddom. And and I had this idea, and Damon and Liz are the funniest people I know. <laughs> and so I looked at some of the podcasts I listened to, and all of them were like, find funny people you know, and if you have an idea, just do it. So... There it is. I uh, like that the podcast guides were like, you're not good enough. Find someone funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I am. Liz, did I say I got an undergrad in finance? I'm not funny. <laughs> There's one thing I know about podcasts. There's a low bar for entry. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastically true, and that's why that's really good advice, is to yeah. just like find people, get a good concept, and make a show, because those are the only things that you need. Yeah. Well, Seriously. I was literally listening to one of the McElroy shows. It was like the first family of podcasting and he put out a tweet and he's like if you first family of podcasting <laughs> I mean, that's how it's I would true. say it. he true. was like if you have funny people you have good conversation with on an interesting topic get a mic and record it and put it out and see if people like it and I was like yep oh I guess all the like bullshit I've been like oh I can't because of this and because of that like I really just could do that so yep I did it. I made I, I made Damon and Liz do it with me. I'm yeah. really glad to hear all of the above. So, uh, <laughs> what made you guys want to uh, tie your, you know, tie your wagon to too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to go next? So this is Damon. You can hear the beard. You can. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Legit. Yes. Legit. Um, as far as like getting involved with the podcast like Dan and I have been friends for 10 years and I think we wasted uncountable hours talking about this kind of stuff before we ever decided to record it period um but I, I think podcasting has been something that I've been wanting to dip my toes into for a little while and I thought that you know this is the best idea that I'd heard of offered to me specifically and that it was the only one <laughs> um so do you feel like dan's influence as someone who was interested in finance specifically 
caused you to find yourself in discussions of these like fine different financial worlds and situations uh the finances i think is a way to zero in on it like i've always been fascinated with the unthought reper- repercussions of of literature and storytelling period like, damon does a lot of like we turn off a movie and he's like hey think in five years this happened in that world and i'm like oh shit probably <laughs> that's really funny yeah i mean it's just like the you know because i think uh it's the beautiful and it's the beautiful thing and the shortcoming of storytellers is like they zero in on a very specific moment and they tell a very human story while they're there and then they don't really care about consequences like beyond uh like a tidy conclusion you know sure um but i mean like you are introducing especially with like fantasy and science fiction like you're introducing world altering technology and circumstance into the world and it's changing everything about the rules of how this world works interesting so it's more extrapolated into like a societal interest and like uh, repercussions i feel like all that's wrapped up in like business and finance and exploring all these other worlds too i feel like some of it is too like damon reads a lot of comic books which i feel like are actually stories that can go years and years and years and examine those consequences in ways that movies are like hey here's like 20 minutes of this and then We'll never talk about the fact that this alien spaceship landed in Central Park, and also we now have access to alien technology, but let's just not talk about that anymore. <laughs> well, that's a, specifically something I really love about comic books is that it is, like, if it's a property that's been around for decades and decades, like, it is the epitome of a collaborative work. Like, you are talking about people in modern day who are stretching back 50, 60, 70 years to pluck out some minute detail that they read when they were nine and it was like, I'm going to tell the story that I wrote in my head like 30 years ago. Yeah. And you're all going to, you're all going to pay me for it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I actually think that there's, there's something to getting more, uh, superhero stories on screen because I feel like we've seen more of those like repercussions come to life on sc- in film mm-hmm. that we maybe had in the past like uh, one Avengers movie affecting the next one in a way that like we hadn't necessarily seen before yeah oh and that's like a, that transcends like the storytelling part of it to I mean, we were talking about Black Panther on the way over here and like something that I really relish about it is that like since Civil War, I think Marvel's done a good job of making the conflicts smaller. And, like, yeah. you know, they're not fighting, you know, nameless, like, beams of light in the sky as the conclusion. And it's, like, they're realizing they're putting in all this baggage that they have to, like, you know, down okay. the line. Like, yeah. if you don't at least, like, acknowledge it, like, there's angry nerds on the internet that are going <laughs> to burn the world down. Because you, you know, ignored something that, like, went flying off screen in a half second still that, you know, 3,000 people noticed on the internet and have been talking about (laughs) ad nauseum for years. But it is cool to see more of it happen with, like, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff Mm. being affected by the movies and just stuff that they're actually integrating versus, like, oh, no, that's happening happening on this island and this is happening on that island and let's never discuss them. (laughs) Cool. What would you say that your interest is here, Liz? Oh, I'm Liz. You can tell because I'm the girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I I also I read a lot of comic books and I'm a I'm big into like sci-fi and fantasy stuff and like the money side of things for me. I, you know I grew up um, with very 
supportive parents who are like, whatever you want to do, the money will follow. And like, I think that's great to live by, but not if you don't also have like the practical knowledge of like how to make that money follow along. And so now I'm reaching a point in my life where I want to do like creative things full time. And that, that is another thing of like the money will follow, but you have to make it like follow behind you. Sure. And I'm getting hitched to the bearded one here. And um, we've been talking a lot about, like, money and what it means in our lives and, like, the kind of things that you have to think about (laughs) financially, about, like, being an artist in the world. And and it is the kind of thing where we watch these movies and we sit back and we're like, hey, downsizing doesn't make any sense, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, that's a poor choice. (laughs) Uh, Oh, what a good example. You guys have to unpack downsizing. Like, gosh, yeah, because they do so much uh, numbers work in that movie. I I don't know if all three of you guys have seen it, Uh, but they do do a lot of, like, scaling down your finances for what your life would look like as a tiny person. (laughs) Now you have a million dollars. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like you're just getting a smaller diamond right Right. this podcast has broken me now though because I watch movies and I'm like that wouldn't work money wise and then I'm spending like 20 minutes thinking about it and then later I'm coming I'm like wait what was that movie about (laughs) yes I was spending a lot of time thinking about how they were going to retire if they did that thing and I didn't think about the actual movie hold on a second of course (laughs) I feel like money also can ruin movies if you view it through like every uh one last job movie would be ruined if you really thought about the finances of it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, any guy who's like, I was four days away from retirement. I'm like, just retire. When they offer you this job, just retire. Like, I could have just bailed and taken all of the stuff I had already stolen, but I had yeah. to get one last job in. It's like, no, no, just take the money you had and leave and this movie doesn't exist. Yeah, spend slightly less money, invest it a little better, and then don't do this. Yeah, the real right. lesson here is that are not really good with money. <laughs> but the real lesson here is the screenwriters. That's what we've been finding. Except actually, the Ron Swanson one, where they were actually they yeah, they got they pretty they they did it pretty good. I think it's the difference between television and film. I was gonna say the same thing because I think that's one of the only TV examples you've explored so far. Yeah, we, yeah did, we did. We just did a How I Met Your Mother episode, but that hasn't come out yet. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's in the hopper, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a lot of time and energy to insert a lot of details about his life that screenwriters don't necessarily get. Well, I also think it's a difference of like their own income. You know, mm. like I think you're compensated very much, like well, but like in a much more like pedestrian manner to write for television than you sure. are as like a film screenwriter. It's where like steadier getting, work for sure. I, yeah. say, I don't even know if it's the amount so much as is like you get a paycheck in one and the other one you get nothing, then you get a huge pile of money, then you get nothing, then you get a huge pile of money. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. that that breeds some like, you know, different habits when it comes to spending and everything. So for no, sure. Certainly. That's a really good point that even the financial security of the job itself <laughs> would like <laughs> allow you to imbue a little more knowledge uh, into it. I, I think there's a lot to be said for all of that. I also feel like I think a lot about the finances of just like movie making because oh, even yeah. when you compare a film like your Avengers <laughs> and to say uh, a movie that you guys discussed recently like Blank Check which <laughs> I can imagine that the budget of that movie 
is practically nothing. Like there's he might have spent more money in the movie than they spent making the movie. Truly, like looking back on it, it does not hold up. Like it's not a well made movie. Uh, there are no big names in it except for maybe Tone Loke. (laughs) 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 There's they just can't. The budget for that movie couldn't have been that much. But no movies are really getting made like that anymore. Like yeah, the only genre you still see that is horror. Yeah, and that's always been horror's thing. It was like make a movie for two million dollars. 90% 90% of them will fail and one of them will make $150 million. Horror is the podcasting of the film industry. It absolutely totally is. right. No one ever believes horror is going to like get anywhere or be successful and they're like what like three people like horror right and then you have something like Paranormal Activity that like well, shoots like, to success. Get Out. And Get made, Out. It was made on a pretty I mean for a horror Relatively. budget, it was a good budget, but right. for most movies, it was tiny, and then obviously it's done phenomenally well, and right. it's super great. And we're, like, in Oscar talks for this movie, and, like, no one really knows what genre to put it in. They're like, yeah. put it in comedy? And I'm like, I that don't know about that. That is a wild choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if the studio was trying to vie for more awards like maybe they thought it would be- have a better that's actually a, a big part of it is like i listen to pump another podcast, podcast that doesn't need podcast. our help uh but little gold men is a movie podcast is just about like the economy of like winning oscars mm-hmm. and like the the game around that and like that's definitely something that they'll do where they'll uh you know because there's Four companies in the game of like trying to get the all these awards, and they'll have three movies competing against each other mm-hmm. from their own studio. I'm like, okay, this one goes over here, and we'll win yeah, five yeah. awards. And they, they do the same thing with um, actors and actresses. Like, if they think mm-hmm. they'll have a better shot in a different category, uh, like lead versus supporting, uh, even if. Which seems like they should have some kind of ruling about like what the size of the role yeah. can be. How yeah. long do you have how to be on screen? Paid, yeah. How many lines? Well, hell, welcome, welcome to capitalism. If yeah, you go right. to any grocery store or any like toiletry store, the five lotions you're looking at, they're all made by the same company. Right. They just make one at different price points so they can get one sold to everyone. <laughs> Johnson & Johnson owns all of the shelf. Just which Johnson & Johnson product will you buy? Mm. Because there's like six companies in America. Right. <laughs> So that's the fun, jazzy part of finance. (laughs) (laughs) The sexy part that nobody sees. The sexy underbelly. Lotion distribution, baby. Is that that bit in the last season of Parks and Rec where there's only like four companies? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or it's like in WALL-E where there's like the one company that's an amalgamation of Walmart and Apple and something else, I don't remember. It's essentially the food and stuff Mm -hmm. of corporations. It has food and And stuff. stuff. Uh, so I think it's interesting I really don't have any sense of personal finance except (laughs) that I am frugal to a point of it probably inconveniencing my life at times that's fair (laughs) so that's how I do it yeah so to (laughs) approach people that uh, at least especially like yourself did have like so much more professional experience in that realm is very um overwhelming to think of how much more <laughs> knowledge you have on the subject. If it makes you feel any better, I'm sitting here feeling like a massive imposter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Aww. I mean, you guys are improvers and comedians yeah. and writers, and you guys have all these creative endeavors. I'm like, yeah, I have a podcast that I basically make my creative friends help me with because <laughs> I am 
too dumb to make that work. But I can talk money all day. That's fine. Yeah, but that's like what all creative projects are. <laughs> Just people finding other people who can help. I mean, yeah. all those comic book writers have editors that they like talk stories at. <laughs> well, right, but I'm just saying, like, it's one of those things that everybody has expertise somewhere. Yeah, it's sure. just a matter of nobody has expertise everywhere. Sure, sure. How do you feel like that influences your day-to-day life? Like, how so? Financially, uh, how do you feel like... Are you broken by your knowledge of money? Or are like, you broke? <laughs> uh, no, not until the house offer gets right. accepted, then I'll be broke. Um, no. Talk to him in four days. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, yeah, so... so Having a lot of knowledge of money, and you know what's actually even more interesting that changes things more, I think, than knowing a lot about money is knowing a lot about how other people manage money. Because, again, mm. I'm a financial coach. I meet daily, all day, with people who are trying to get their money right. Or maybe they're trying to optimize, or maybe they're whatever. Uh, yeah, I know. No, no, no. Was oh. just, that's, like, my favorite superpower. We were at a party once with some people we went to college with, and Dan leads over and goes, I think she has a lot of credit card debt. <laughs> that's so funny so um, this is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about and it's funny that like maybe you can answer that question a little more can, easily probably, and readily yeah. than Dan can because that's totally the kind of thing I'm talking about right is like being able to go I because I have those things in terms of like like you said like comedy and knowing what someone's background like probably is like oh I bet they went through classes at comedy sports right. or whatever feel out like is. what kind yeah. of comedy style they yeah. have exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> Well, it's just like, it, it's given me this insight of like, you don't know shit about anybody. And we don't talk about money, right? So mm-hmm. I have seen people who are super frugal, who come in, who've gotten an inheritance and have so much money in the bank. And I've seen people who live so great and they're making hundreds of thousands a year and they're in a ton of debt because they spend more than that, right? Yeah. It's like, you want to benchmark yourself because that's how we do in every other part of sure. our life. like, And you can't. It's yeah. just so personal to you and so unique to you and you just don't know anybody else's game but you get in so much trouble trying to know somebody else's situation yeah i mean you see all these like famous people who on the outside live these like lavish lives and then this new story will be like oh they're bankrupt oh yeah i mean nicholas cage (laughs) oh yeah like uh freaking r kelly like all these people are having trouble with money when in some point in their careers they were worth like millions probably. Yeah. You know, I like, tell customers this all the time. You if you make ten million dollars and you spend ten ten million and one, you're poor. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you make twenty grand a year and you spend five, you're in a pretty you're in a great spot. You're in a phenomenal spot. I also think too, and I think both uh, you, Dan, and Liz mentioned that like your mom's had an influence on kind of like your interest in finance and the way that you viewed money. Uh, it's also interesting to think about that as a factor, not just the way that our parents inf- and their spending and saving influences us, but like the phys- you know like <laughs> any inheritance that exists in your family is right. like a literal you know effect on on how much this you can actually manage your finances well i'm like terrified of raising a kid around money because i know so much around money but like it's one of those things that like you don't even think about it but like let's say you're in traffic and someone cuts your mom off and they're driving a tesla and your mom's like a rich person thinks they're so much better than everybody else driving their tesla they can just do whatever they want and there you have just taught your kid that like being rich is bad sure right and, like, just an offhanded, like, I was mad in traffic one day, and I'm like, I'm going to screw up my kids so bad. Now, not just about money. There'll be, there'll be many, many ways. But, like, just the idea of being constantly on around a child to, like, not put those images in their head is t- 
I don't know how you do that. Right. Yeah. You have to think about it like a game. Like we're going to um, make our children talk in British accents and like not ever live in the UK. We'll just like make them talk in British accents. <laughs> yes. Until they're like six or seven and it sticks and then yeah. we'll revert to our Midwestern and, and Mid-Atlantic accents and just yeah. stick with that. Yeah. You're just like basically teaching them what your native language is. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Speak in the language of the homeland. Right, right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Damon does not look as on board. Damon's British accent needs work. Yeah, that's the real problem. Is that I'm just not going to talk to my kids until they're seven. Liz is going to come in. Damon, I arguably going to cause more damage. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say, which is ultimately way worse. Liz Mommy, gonna, why won't Daddy talk to us? Liz is going to come in and be like, Damon, I heard Cockney. Did you speak to our children? I said no. <laughs> One of them said Bobby, and I'm really, really cheese. You need to get your geography down. <laughs> this dialect will not fly. Oh, man. Sure, but it, it definitely is just one more question that you have to ask yourself when you're doing like financial and family and home planning is like how how open are you with your kids about your own financial situation I I remember times when I was a kid only vaguely knowing that we weren't in a great financial situation sometimes that was like scarier than maybe if I had known uh, granted I don't know the truth so I don't know whether it's like better or worse I know growing up that there were a lot of times where like my parents have talked to me about it now. Like things were tight, and we had like tight Christmases or, or things like that, and we never knew. Right? They did such a good job, like making us feel safe and comfortable. Right. And I don't know that I, if I would have felt better knowing. I'd probably not. I was a kid, but like now, as an adult, I'm like, well, how do I want to raise my kids to like understand money, and how do I want them to like encounter it because it's always been such a source of stress for me. Right. Like it's hard to come by and you have to be very careful to not um, lose it all or to use it up immediately. And like debt is very scary. And I want my kids to have a better handle on like money is a tool that you use and earn instead of like a thing to be ruling your life. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that may ultimately even be something that's influenced by the fact that you didn't talk that much about money when you were great. I feel similarly. I definitely relate to that. Well, you know, we're not taught this in school. No one's taught it in school, which is really frustrating to me. I feel like you should be. But because of that, oftentimes parents don't know everything or at least they only know some things. And so they don't want to teach wrong or they, you know, you are the parent. You want to be the source of wisdom for your kids. You don't want to talk about an area where you're struggling or where you might feel like you don't know or feel embarrassed. So you just don't talk about it at all, which to your point, sometimes that's good. Like I probably didn't want to know when my parents were struggling to make ends meet. That would have made me like nervous as a kid. Mm -hmm. But it also means like then I get out into the world and I'm doing the same thing, which is like, I'll try something and see if it works for me and maybe it will and maybe it won't. And And it comes back around to that like celebrity thing where like you see everybody in your life seemingly handling money fine from the outside and you see all these celebrities living it up and being very wealthy and you feel like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I must be wrong and bad. Yeah. And like, I don't know where to put my money or how to make it grow or work for me. And all these other people seem to, so I can't ask anybody because I'm missing some important information. Well, the other thing is by the time you start like consciously looking at money, you're normally a little older. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. your parents maybe have kids out of the house or, you know, they've been working for 30 years and their income's way higher than when they started. So you you like catch them. I don't want to say in the easiest time because it's never easy, but like. You catch them when things are finally stabilizing, not when they're like, 
mid-career trying to figure it out. They have three kids and a place and they don't know. So like you don't internalize that the same way. And so then you come out and you're like, well, everybody's doing it well. Why am I doing it poorly? It's like, well, all the 55-year-olds are because they had 30 years of making mistakes that you're about to make. Good (laughs) luck. (laughs) Yes. I think you raise a really good point because like for me, money didn't make sense until I had some, you know? (laughs) Sure. uh, Like, between college and I volunteered for a long time right after and it was like the definition of like shoestring budget right. like for years and like I knew in the back of my mind like you know you put some of this away like this goes somewhere and like grows and becomes something else and uh, that's very hard like when you know I was in AmeriCorps and like you're purposely kept under poverty line. I like, was actually going to ask if it was AmeriCorps because my fiance worked in AmeriCorps as well and it really is, yeah, you just make so little. And, yeah, and but, like, you, you know, but you're still 22, 23, like you want to go drinking, you want to be with your friends, you want to be traveling, like so like you sacrifice all that security that I now as like you know, approaching 30 would prefer, <laughs> but like you know, at the time it was the the choice to make, you know, and I, you know, it felt so futile uh, when, you know, by the time that you get bills and food and like, you know, the day to day stuff out of the way, you know, that $50 didn't seem as powerful as I now realize that it was. And like, you know, often misattributed that money to, more Something booze. a little more temporary. Yeah. 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 Right. Call a spade a spade. Yeah. Bars. Bars yeah. or takeout. Yeah. <laughs> Uber in this day and age yeah, now. Maybe not then, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I definitely relate to that. And I think along with that, it's as you get older, those uh, percentages that you brought up when you talked about how much Ron Swanson was worth of it's like 50% of your wages should go to needs, 30% should go to wants and 20% should go to savings. I just feel like most of my peers, if they heard those percentages would be like, (laughs) (laughs) they're scary numbers to confront right up front. They'd be like, wait, so that 80% isn't supposed to be my needs, Mm -hmm. and they're like, 20% is what I feel like I have to spend on things I want, you know? Right. What I will say about that is, so I tell people this all the time, that's a rule of thumb. It's not a rule of Mary Beth. It's not a rule of Damon. It's not a rule of Liz, right? Like, if you're making less and you're living in a city in, like, Chicago and what have you, some of those things might not be possible. Sure. But at the same time, you know, money or a budget or whatever you want to call it, is not like a don't do this, don't do that. It's a priority list. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. For every dollar yep. you spend, you can't spend it on something else. So just look at where your money's going and understand it. And if it's like, hey, I need it for 80% of my needs or, uh, you know, a dollar going out with my friends is worth more to my mental health than a dollar of... But, like, if you're spending money all the time on, oh, I'm really busy, I'm buying lunch out all the time, and you're not saving, A, you probably should be, or B, even if you are saving, you're like, is that dollar worth more to you than doing something with your friends? Because then maybe, even if it's not saved, it just could be better used. Right. Mm -hmm. Even going back to Uber, it's like, is, you know, a $7 Uber worth more to save time and convenience than it would be to take, 
you know, a 225 bus trip or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, on the flip side of that, like, is it better to take an Uber and get home when it's super, super late at night and you're in a place you don't really know? Right. You know, like, it is like, Damon and I, when we've been wedding planning and saving for stuff like that, we've been talking about a lot about um, afford anything but not everything. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I love that. Yeah, and then you can, like, save your money and do the things that are important to you, but you don't have to – you don't have to make all of it happen at once. Yeah. And um, that's why we've been, like, picking things about wedding planning that are really important to us and, like, trying to let the other stuff go. And and I think that comes along with, like, it's really important to save, but, like, if that night comes along and this thing is more important to your immediate safety or whatever, like, right. you spend that money there and you will save next time when you get the opportunity. Right. It certainly seems like the discussion around finances, at least in my life, and it seems like you guys can all relate as like uh, almost 30-somethings or at least in that mm-hmm. range or maybe maybe sh- crossing that bridge. Uh, I know I cross it myself in June. Um, <laughs> so, But I'll, you know, recently uh, wed or <laughs> about to be. Um, I think that the conversation becomes so much more about those things you prioritize. And like you said, you know, living in a city where the cost of living is much higher and, but it affording us the opportunities to even just have this city as our oyster, you know, mm-hmm. even if you're not a improv sketch comedian yeah. and, and you're here for, for its comedy uh, offerings, it's just a great city. The cost of living is that way because of the life that it affords you, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And again, there's pros and cons to everything, right? I don't own a car. I haven't owned a car in six years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have free event. there's free museums and there's free this and there's free that and uh, don't tell Liz's improv thing, but she gets me into her improv all the time for now free. Now they know. <laughs> uh, so I guess that's the last time that'll it's, ever happen. It's a grand, well-known secret. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the point is, right, like, there are ways to do things that you could never do if you didn't live here and ways to save money. It's just like you have to take advantage of those. And it's just like with an individual dollar, right? Oh, is this dollar better used for lunch out or is it better used for saving for my wedding? Just like, hey, living in a city. Would I rather do that for the high cost of living and the things that come with it? Or would I rather live really cheap and roll but not have everything around me? It's just a priorities thing. For sure. That's all it is. I mean, yeah. You're spending it somehow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good way to look at it. It was like, yeah, our rent's pretty high, but we ride our bikes to the grocery store and, (laughs) you know, get the groceries that we need for a week or two as opposed to if we had a car and had to pay for parking and probably loaded up on groceries and, like, didn't even use them all. Right. Well, like, my folks drive an hour to Costco. Right. For, you know, like a once a month, you know, three weeks-ish shopping trip. And it's like, you know, that's two hours that they kind of do something else, Mm -hmm. you know? So... Yeah, you're right. A you great pay time for it to somehow. listen to make believe money in the car. There you go. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, if you want to teach my parents how to download podcasts, I I invite you. It's a <laughs> it's a really sweet labor of love that your parents do appreciate in my experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think actually my mom is one of our biggest listeners. Yeah. She she will text me uh, fact corrections occasionally. Just so you know, Hilarious. the probably most famous person in blank check, um, that guy that we were like, oh, he's one of that guy. It's like the yeah. Security dude. He's George Clooney's cousin. He's Rosemary Clooney's son. I was like, okay, Miguel right. Ferrer. I don't feel bad. Miguel Ferrer is the, the villain. 
He's the villain in Blank Check? He's the villain in Blank Check. He's uh, Rosemary Clooney's son, just so you know. (laughs) Wouldn't have known, but you're probably right that he's bigger than Tone Logan. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's day and age. If you're listening, we apologize. Um, (laughs) Mr. Ferrer. He died like two years ago. He died recently passed away. I doubt he's listening. If you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, I'm totally with you guys that all all of Charlie Bucket's grandparents are (laughs) bullshit. Because like, how come when he gets that golden ticket... Does he just all of a sudden be okay? Yep. Like, man, that's bullshit. I really think the other three grandparents are like, hold up, what? You could walk the whole time? That's yes. my <laughs> thing. I think the other three grandparents were like, excuse me, what? When we couldn't get up to get a glass of water, you were just like, mm, I don't want to. You I, voluntarily I, got bed sores? If I'm Charlie Bucky's mom, I'm like, I've been stirring this laundry soup for years. <laughs> huge spoon and fork. And you've done nothing. Uh, anyway, I revisited uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory relatively recently. So when I listened to your show on it, I was it's like, yes, I just also had uh, so many of these thoughts about this story. <laughs> and I think in the book they do a better job of kind of painting where the Oompa Loompas came from as this, yeah. like, really terrible place. There are vicious monsters there, and they were seen that as, like— sounds like the colonialists getting yeah. to you, I, though. Yeah, yeah. I, will, I yeah. will tell you, I that was a little bit of, like, we saved them from yeah. their situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, mm, okay. Yeah, there's still some they were probably fine. In there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to hear sure. their narrative on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think that's the story we need to hear, for sure. <laughs> if Tim Burton could get on that, I'm sure everybody would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, how do you guys, uh, Liz and Damon, feel like your friendship with and creative collaboration with Dan... Which has, is a better word for it, I would say. <laughs> what creative collaboration? Liz, the, so it's still out. To be clear, friendship. I'm not friends with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a proximity thing for like four years. She's marrying Dan's friend. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and even I'm a sunk cost so we're getting real about it. <laughs> I spent so much time and I'm almost 30, you know? We'll lock it down. It's hard to make friends yeah. as an adult, let me tell you. We're yeah. big board gamers. We started playing Pandemic Legacy, so they're locked in for one more month. Yeah. If We're going to play the last joke. game tonight, and then I'm free. It's so <laughs> funny. It's like D&D campaigns. Yeah, just, pretty much. Uh, locking it up. Do you feel like any of those peripheral like superpowers have leached into your day-to-day lives because of this? Absolutely. I feel like I watch movies and encounter people in my life and think like, oh, I wonder how they manage their money. I wonder what like money is like for them. And yes. it puts more of an eye to like how I do things and what it looks like I do. Absolutely. A friend of mine was like, you and Damon, you're just, you guys are just such adults, like the way that you do your money stuff. And I was like, so excuse me, what? Wow. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? It that, is. Like, for you, you'd be like, oh, no, no, no. But for someone else, they look up to you. Right. Man, yes. Well, so I feel like we're like reading a handbook and trying to follow like an Ikea manual on finances right. as we're going along in our lives and someone right. comes up to me and is like, I feel like you got a real good handle on things. And I'm like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very funny. I actually just had a big talk with my therapist this week about how I, uh, I overseek complexity in things a lot. And I feel like I'm that way with money right now. We're like, we are in a really good position, like yeah. systems wise, like, you know, money's doing its job. Like things, like, Things are good, like money's going to the places it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting over here, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Right. <laughs> like, what is what is broken? <laughs> what? Yeah. I do think that, like, Dan, like, being your friend and, like, talking with you about money stuff has made us 
talk more about money things. The place that you work had a financial couples coaching thing that oh, you cool. told us to try. And we were just That was before dating. I worked there, actually. Oh, it was, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wow. And we were just dating at the time, and we showed up to this class, and like a bunch of the couples we were there with were like had been married for a long time and had just come out of a big financial like hardship. Wow. And we're trying to rebuild, and we were like, we've, we're still dating. We're talking about splitting rent. Yeah. That's soon. So, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it, like, it put us in a mindset to talk about money openly from kind of the get-go in a way that we maybe wouldn't have otherwise. That's awesome. And, and I mean, you just proved for yourself there that, like, that's why other people would still, like, look up to what you guys have done. <laughs> it really is just one more thing in our lives where uh, we're, we only have other people to compare ourselves to. Absolutely. Well, and, like, don't sell yourself short on money skills too, right? And that's just for everybody out there because I know all the stuff about money. I know how to invest. I know how to say I know all this stuff. And I got way better when I got with my wife <laughs> because she's just a very frugal person. And like in a, in a way that like we've kind of balanced where sometimes I'll be like, hey, you know, this is maybe worth us paying for for the community. But like I things that, that like, yeah, <laughs> I relate you know, to that Yeah, sometimes I have to be like, all right, listen, how many hours is this going to take you or $10, okay, let's mm-hmm. do the math. But I think you and I go back and forth on that. Who's the person who's like, what convenience can we pay for instead? But the point is just yeah. like, you know, I know all the stuff, but just having her there of like, she's great at meal planning and going and shopping, right? And she's phenomenal at, hey, let's leave now so we can get on the bus and instead of taking the Uber. Like, <laughs> I'm so bad at that. <laughs> but like, yeah. She's just so yes. good. Like, you know that whole saying you're an amalgamation of the five people you spend your time with, right? She's just been so good. Like, yeah, I know how to make the stuff happen, quote unquote, but she's just like there to keep me present and focused on the things that are actually the execution part, which is sometimes yes. you can know all the things in the world and still s- totally fail. Yes. I mean, I get people in for coaching who are financially probably as aware as I am or close, and they'll be like, hey, I want to invest my money in this. What do you think? And I'll be like, what money? <sighs> you, you have, have no like, money. You, you have to save money Sick before you can do burn. something with it. <laughs> To be clear, I would never say that to them, but in my head, I'm like, that's a great question. Let's maybe revisit the budget on where that money's coming from. Uh, Yeah, where you will put that in. Instead of growing at 6%, you could grow at 12%, but either of those times zero is zero. (laughs) Good point. Still goose egg, big boy. Uh, Well, that's that's really fun and interesting to me to think that... uh, that's so early on in your relationship this kind of like leaked it was in. a little weird actually I mean like it was really good and we got right. to talk about things that were like a high priority to us and right. I, being a couple I feel like I, has made me take better care of my own money yes totally you know? agree mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like being there and like watching all these other people being like we're ready to have kids and I was like are we here too early right I'll come back later right but like in the end the benefit we got from just being able to like feel comfortable talking about stuff that's kind of uncomfortable is sure. like really worth it. And I think it makes us a stronger couple in the end. No, I really agree. Like even just, you know, navigating moving into moving in together yep. and like setting up structures for like how our money is going to cuz for me like one of the biggest things about money is like I just don't want to I don't want to think about it. Absolutely. Like I don't want to think I don't want to think about the things that like the the boring things. Like I don't right. want to think about paying bills and I don't want to think about like the day-to-day, like, I just want to live my life and, like, move along and, like, focus further further out, like, bigger picture things. Yeah. And, like, we have a lot of really great systems in place that, like, 
you know, X goes into this account to pay these seven bills, and I haven't had to look at like a like statement in months, and it's, it's great, amazing. Great. Like, yeah, getting a joint checking account was like the best move we've made financially. I feel like. Yeah. Have some go directly to a fixed account, some go directly to a savings, and then all you have to worry about is that one account in the middle where your variable comes out of. I love that system. Yeah, it's really, really, yeah. really nice. Because, yeah, you just send money, and it's gone, and your bills are paid. You hit your savings goal, and then whatever's in that account, until you get paid again, that's all you have to worry about. Yeah, yeah. that's, I that's just basically your 30, 20, uh, 50, 50 yeah, separated yeah. out into three accounts. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, definitely. Like, we, uh, uh, I have this... Frankenstein spreadsheet that like has every <laughs> every job that our money is doing and like shows us how things are shifting around and it's really fun to see how that thing moves as we like finish paying for the wedding and like yes. cross these Got goals and pay off to, this yeah. student debt and this other debt over here and like and it's that is the thing that I relish in is like down the line years from now I get to do this really awesome thing of like buying a house or like this super fantastic trip you know that's been the the thing that has made me feel okay talking about money actually because it, it's always been this like I'll never have enough I'll <laughs> never retire and I'm never going to own a house and kids are just impossible so let's not even talk about it and like with Damon like talking about our money openly and then him doing the spreadsheet which would make my heart explode Yeah. Um, it shows me a really pretty picture of like we're doing work that's paying off and uh, things are a lot easier than they seem like they are at times, which yeah. has been great. Well, when I meet with people, mostly what people makes people feel better is a plan and an understanding. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that you're in a good financial situation, although that feels good. It's that you know where you are now and you know how you're going to get to where you want to go. And yeah. that could be a year from now, that could be 10 years from now, but like, it's not just... I'm doing my best and that might not be good enough. It's I'm doing my best and I know for a fact that's good enough. Yeah, I'm yeah. making legitimate progress. Right. Which feels that I'll at least know where I'll be in three months right. if I continue to do this effort. Yeah, good and or like, bad. That's I know. comforting. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for technology where those kinds of things are concerned too, just making those processes uh, user-friendly. So even if it's not like making a spreadsheet of your own finances, using you know personal finance uh, software, mm-hmm. and even things like uh, micro uh, investments, mm-hmm. are, I think are becoming really popular. And that those kinds of things have helped me understand more, uh, you know, invest in investments and uh, be, like finding smaller ways to for those like funnels of money that you don't necessarily think about. Uh, <laughs> but but, you know, have in the background if they're if they're necessary. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, you got to be careful with those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people because. We don't, to Damon's point, Damon's totally right, you don't want to think a lot about money. And, like, if I do my job right, I help people set up a system where they're not thinking a lot about money. Because if I tell them, hey, go think a lot about your budget for the rest of your life, they're going to eyes melt. I'll never see them again. Please, no. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, And so sometimes those are false confidences, right? Sure. Not in a bad way, but, like, Mint is great, for example. That's an app that tracks your spending, right? But I know I didn't go to the gym last week. If I don't do anything different... I'm not going to the gym this week. Right. Yeah. Right. If I know I spent too much money, but I don't change any habits or any things I do. <laughs> sure. or so like 
it's great to see and track and use, but then either get a system that's doing it for you Mm -hmm. or change some behavior that's doing it for you. Because again, yeah, I didn't go to the gym. And if I wake up every other day and hit snooze, I don't make up. To, I don't make it to the gym, yeah. right? Like, what am I gonna do? No, totally. And that's why I love my homebrew thing that I've done. Is like you Your know, spreadsheet, you mean? my spreadsheet, and like <laughs> I, no, his, yeah, his homebrew. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I have I homebrewed, but I, you didn't let me taste any of yours. I did the opposite. <laughs> it makes me completely forget about the money. No, uh, <laughs> but like I signed up for Mint pretty early on, like right out of college, and like part of it was you know volunteering, Big and having no money. Right, right, right. Uh, part of it was that, like, it, you know, I logged in once a month and I would get it there and, like, nothing would, like, the categories wouldn't be what I want. And, like, right. you know, I wasn't really seeing what I was doing. And, like, you know, I have to take that onus of, like, you know, I think I have it to the point where, like, once a week, like, I sit down and I, like, just make sure that I've written down the things that have happened and, you know, I have a big, like, monthly review at, uh, yeah. at the end of each month. We have a joint like money talk at the beginning of a month yeah where we where we got to and what we're doing and yeah and and goals that's awesome system might not be right for everybody i just hate when people come in and they're like i i downloaded mint i look at it once a week it i'm still spending too much so i'm bad at budgeting right Right. i'm like you're not bad at budgeting you're just not really budgeting yeah but we can get you there right like don't let it if you if you've used mint (laughs) you've set up a lot of really like Uh, harmful alarms for yourself (laughs) seriously right so like don't be mad at yourself if that didn't work just like focus on what is going to work instead of like oh well this is how everybody else does it no that's that's not how everybody else does it yeah that's uh my buddy told me that he uh, kind of overheard this story from a trainer where he was working with this woman who was like, I really would like to lose weight, but uh, I, I don't know how to do it in the gym. I feel like I'm like doing it without seeing any results. And he uh, was like, well, what are your eating habits? And she was like, well, I know I eat too much bacon. And he was like, okay, how much bacon are you eating? Oh, yeah, like, really? I don't know, maybe All like a pound eggs. a day. And they were like, <gasps> a pound a day? <laughs> <laughs> this is a a true story that I heard from a friend of mine, like who heard it at a gym. A yeah, a day. yeah, and for- and her trainer just had to like suck back a bunch of thoughts and be like, okay, so maybe step back <laughs> from a pound a day. <laughs> like, can we go to a pound a week? Exactly. <laughs> like, maybe maybe we explore half a pound a day. Like, <laughs> you try turkey bacon. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like if you're, but and you know if you're going <sighs> if. If you have a financial planner, but you're still eating a pound of bacon a day, then, like, you have some other things to address. I was going to say, forget about the gym. She's buying seven pounds of bacon a week. Like, not financially stable That's not a good all. choice. This makes me think about, Does I... she have, like, a bacon guy? I have... You have to get that whole thing. It raises like, so many again. questions. Like, her, her, like, her cholesterol and, like, sodium levels must be just, like, out of this world. It's a Ron Swanson thing. Like, I don't know how this is possible, but you have the best cholesterol I've ever seen, <laughs> which is just frustrating. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, wow. Wow. Okay. I think it's because she's marbled at that point. <laughs> You're the well fat marbled. can't get into her fats. You're well marbled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, and that's, but that's just like another thing where it's like, oh, some people don't understand fitness at all. Like, oh, yeah. she's coming to fitness from ground zero. <laughs> What's well, funny, I can tell within 10 minutes when someone comes in whether we're going to make progress or not. Ooh. Because there are people who are motivated and care and just don't understand or are frustrated sure. that it hasn't worked. And those people will make great success. And then there's people who come in and say, I'm not saving enough. I want to save more. 
but I don't want to change anything about how I live. Fix me. And I'm like, oh, so <laughs> you want to work more because you want to make more right. money. And I'm like, they're like, no, no I don't want to do that either. And they're like, well, here's math. <laughs> something comes in, something goes out, something's left over. That's it. That's the equation. But can't you give me money? I mean, and this is everything. And again, maybe this woman just doesn't understand fitness, but like, Everybody wants a silver bullet for everything, and right. it's like, mm, sorry. That's well, why diet books sell. That's why, like, how to get your money right in yeah. two easy steps sells. I mean, they all sell, but. On the flip side of that, I think it's really easy to feel like you are, like, doing work for a thing, and really all you're doing is, like, organizing your pencils on your desk. Like, <laughs> I have, like, a, I do bullet journaling to keep my brain sane because I've got too much crap going on and I'll write down everything that I have to do for the day and I'll write down everything I like the week and calendar and things like that but you can see people on the internet will do these like fancy ornate washi tape and highlighter colors and at at that point like how much time are you spending organizing the thing that you're supposed to be using to keep yourself organized and like I think the same sort of thing happens with money and like mint where like you spend your whole day organizing your categories on mint but you're not doing anything differently debt repayment is a big one for that like I'm gonna put this on a zero percent card and I'm gonna pay 50 extra dollars for this and then when I get my tax return I'm gonna do this right and I'm like so where's that fifty or, extra dollars coming from? And like you're gonna get the zero percent because yeah. your credit's better, but you're not like you just need extra money to put toward your debt. And there's right. a way to optimize, but like let's start there. Right. Because this is a beautiful plan that we can't execute right now. Right. <laughs> it looks very nice, but it's not practical. It's yeah. <laughs> just a a book full of pictures of butterflies that you drew <laughs> and there's no to do list that you're actually using. Yeah. I think that would, that would be very nice, though. It's soothing. Full of pictures of butterflies. There's nothing wrong with coloring, you know. <laughs> that was the thought I had when you were saying that. It's like, well, it's one thing if you know you want to be an illustrator and you're getting some extra sketches in. But Absolutely, I totally agree with you. Otherwise, <laughs> it's like, yeah, if that lady was trying to train to be in a marbled flesh competition, <laughs> I guess that's a good investment. Uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> don't speak that into the world because that doesn't exist. God. Someone on Reddit now is like, I must organize. It is marbled flesh. Marvel Flesh 2018. Oh. 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 Yeah, it's, it exists, I'm sure. There's something, there's something the to that. The internet's a dark and scary place. <laughs> the longer I'm alive, the more particular types of people I find out are out there in yeah, the world. Yeah, we were talking about that. Right. What was it? We were watching... It was Reply All Oh, it was Reply week. All, that episode. Oh, the, with the computer. tech dominatrix. Dominatrix, yeah. You're like, people are very specific, you know? Like, I'm sorry, what does this person oh, do? So oh. she is a dominatrix so, for... Yeah, first of all, if you've never listened to Reply All, it's probably my favorite podcast Get on, right Except now. for this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and make believe money. Goes, this uh, one, like... ours, Reply All. And uh, what else? Yeah. 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 <laughs> End of list. Then... End of list. The also rans. Sure. <laughs> we all agree that our podcasts are the best I'll see you at the Plutos. Yeah. <laughs> the Plutos or yeah. um, but it's about, so this woman is a dominatrix, but she does it digitally. So she will take control of your computer and get copies of your photographs and like send, threaten to send them to people you don't want to have them or like tell you to pay her to like buy things off her Amazon wish list. And yeah, the face wow. you're making is a face I made. <laughs> wow. What she's a... paid handsomely for it. Yeah. Rule 34, man. She was like, I roll out of bed at like 11 o'clock to noon sometime in there. I... My husband makes, like, he's a kept he man. Makes he makes breakfast. me breakfast. Her life sounded awesome. Yeah. I yeah. just, like, didn't understand the appeal to someone being like, I'm going to watch my mouse move around on a screen and get all, like, hot and bothered. You know, 
different strokes for different folks. <laughs> yeah, quite literally. Uh, but yeah, she she like she Damon and I were texting back and forth about her, and it was like, I don't I don't think I am that particular of a person. Like, do I need to be more particular? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that kind of conversation with my fiance too, where it's just like, well, every every type of person and opinion exists, and there are some that seem wildly like specific (laughs) i just want to know how you find it like i heard a story once and i don't even know if it's true but that there was like a bluegrass leather bar well in in chicago somewhere oh is that up by us no i think it's like south side somewhere that's what i heard too but like i'm just like like, was it a guy who was listening to bluegrass and put on leather or was it a guy in a leather bar and a bluegrass fm radio jammed and he was just like how did that peanut butter That's get it. in that jug? Yeah, like, <laughs> at some point, <laughs> he was in leather. Bluegrass came on. He just went like, "This, yeah, fits. this, this it, works. This, this, this is right. my. I thing. need to find my people. <laughs> yeah. If it's not just me, so here we go. And how did those kind of things? Do you think people were less particular before the internet? Like, yes. You think like this guy was like, I love leather and also a banjo, but no one could find out about it. Also, so he just never found his people before the internet. Yes. I don't know. Going back to make believe money, I want to know what the loan officer did when he walked in. He's like, I want to start a bar. Okay, tell us about your idea and your niche. Get ready. Well, Gary, <laughs> buckle in. I think there's an <laughs> underserved population out there. Uh, you should. That makes me think that you guys should dig into like um, Coyote Ugly or like Magic Absolutely. Mike oh. and like consider how much uh, finances those like dancers and entertainers are I actually would making. Love to talk about Magic I, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Oh. Uh, show idea, how long does uh, Average Joe's Gym stay open with the prize money? Oh, <laughs> nice. Was oh, that Dodgeball? It's Dodgeball, yeah. 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 I like that we're just making an like, audio I would listing to us. I, like like no, I like yeah. that a lot, too. Yeah, if, and if I need to get all these out, because you guys Please, are eventually going to make don't them Don't tell into... the public. Yeah. No, tell the public. This is a... Listen to our podcast to find yeah. these eventually. Keep an eye out for true. our dodgeball episode. Yeah, yeah. Episode. throw it in the queue if any of these ideas sound fun. <laughs> no, I think that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's so much fun to to try to apply the the real world logic to the stories that we're telling. And I like uh, to go back to what Damon was saying earlier about like trying to extrapolate stories outside of the one that you're told. I feel like there's something to finances where that's concerned too. Because like you said, it's like there's this huge idea of these things that we're supposed to be able to do with money eventually in our lives mm-hmm. and how it's supposed to exist eventually <laughs> and there it doesn't feel like each individual you know day or a thing that we do financially affects that extrapolated right. universe you can't feel that like ball rolling mm-hmm. yeah there's day-to-day money and there's big concept money and there's no connection between the two in your brain right until things like someone like Damon found his way to like make those things connect yeah yeah this little line graph that just like shows us a uh, where we're growing and Makes me feel like, oh yeah, it's it's worth it to just like save my money. Yeah, that's a feature of the micro investments uh, yeah. thing. It's called Acorn. Yeah, is Acorns. The one I use. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Acorns, Digit, Stash. A lot of them do it, but I, yeah, I think Acorns does a great job of like, hey, in ten years, twenty years, thirty years, sixty years, mm-hmm. like at this rate of you, you know rollovers have... or one-time investments, et cetera, et cetera, it extrapolates like how long it would take you to reach X yeah. amounts of money. Yeah, that's it's great. like $5 a week. Oh, that's nothing. Right. Oh, it's $300,000 in 30 years? Right. Well, shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just a carrot that people don't get to see often because it's there. Like, yes. You know, like, yeah, if you 
socked away, you know, X amount of money, like eventually you will have Y amount of money. Right. The problem is the carrot is way in the future. Yeah. And the stick is right now. Right. right. The stick is... I have to tell my friend that I'm not coming out to dinner with them or I'm only meeting them for drinks or I'm sure. s- like I want to go to a cheaper place or something that's painful right. to me. And then, hey, 30 years from now, I get to buy a boat. Right. Well, like, don't buy a boat. That seems, well, yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> investment. We'll talk about that. Uh, I want to do a Jaws episode about <laughs> Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, but the How point is. it would have cost to get a bigger boat? <laughs> uh, that, that's literally, the idea was, I'm like, hmm, they need a bigger boat. What would a bigger oh, boat cost? A shark so enough boat. And funny. also, maybe we'll add in what a better hat would have cost, too. <laughs> one bad hat, Harry. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, but the point is, like, you know, if you, you know, everybody hates their future self. Like, that's, I'll make that my future self's future problem, self's and I'll, problem. I'll live good stuff now, and future self can deal with it. Sure. Well, and to your point, like, I, for me, like, my whole thing began just figuring out what it would take to pay off my student loans. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's... You know, admittedly, a carrot that's still off in the future a little bit, but, like, it's very much nearer future than retirement. You can see it without binoculars now. Right. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, it was just me beginning to ask those questions of, like, well, you know, if I don't do this once a month, like, how much sooner can I, you know, pay off my student loan? And then it turned into, like, well, when I'm done with my student loans, what's that money going to do? Like, you know, and. Well, that's where I think it comes to priorities, too, right? Like. Oh, if I don't do these five things, I pay off my student loans five years faster. And if I don't do this la- this sixth thing, I pay them off six years faster. But I love that sixth thing. Right. I'm willing to pay an extra year to be able to do that, right? right? Like, you'll feel when you hit the point that you're like, I just can't. Like, yeah. You can't I, cut out I, anymore. I can't not live my life. Yeah. Right. You'll feel that point. And you've got to try. And the problem is I feel like people just don't start asking those questions of like, yeah. you know. They assume $10 out is going to hurt more than $10 out does because maybe the pain is actually at 100 But you yeah. you just assume like, well, everything I do I spend is – it makes sense and is logical. And I'm like, trust me, somebody's got their money on lock. I still spend money on all sorts of stupid shit. Like oh, we yeah. all do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those uh, – that 30% for once, it's uh, it's stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, like that twenty percent savings is for wants too, right? It's right, just sure. Not wants now, wants. Term future wants. wants. Yeah. yeah, 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 and maybe less frivolous immediate ones. Uh, but also, to me, I mean, that logic looks similar to what the logic of like things like drinking and smoking do, because it's like all a lot of, especially smoking. A lot of the science points to that, like shortening your lifespan but if you want to prioritize man i just super love the feel of cigarette smoke inside of my body i'm willing to lose those years well you know the key to that it's like you need that much less for retirement then (laughs) it's a good money decision it's so dark it's endlessly dark eleven dollars a pack is eleven dollars that you don't have to put into your retirement funds i mean i I guess so i would never condone it but i'm worried about social security you know running out so hey everybody go smoke Oh, wow. I'm just kidding. Of course, dude. No, I totally get that, though. Like, it, it really is, like, it's totally a hard thing for me to go, like, that's tragic. Like, you know, I can't fathom uh, uh, wanting to shorten my life in such a way. But then at the same time, like, 
Yeah, binge drink from you know time yeah. to time. That yeah, can't be good for stuff. any of us. Yeah, like <laughs> I have like, a job where I sit down eight hours a day. That's like, right. such a good point. We're yeah, all doing something. You know? Yeah, like said, I'm craning to look at all my screens. Like, I was not making a joke about not being to the gym last week or <laughs> month. Um, right. and I know an hour or a day would you know help me live <laughs> ten more years. But right, you don't see me doing it. Of course, of course, all that stuff is a total factor. It's like, do I want to go to Small Cheval for a delicious burger? Or should I eat the salad that I should you be? You could have stopped that sentence. <laughs> Small Cheval. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Question like, over. <laughs> those $14 are like going to their best use. <laughs> this makes me think, we were talking about this before you and I, Damon, about like, I feel like um, you have to cover your like personal needs first. You know what I mean? Like if you, you need clothes and you need food and you need shelter and you can save all you like, but if you are not buying and taking care of your like absolute needs, then you are creating debt. It's just different kind of debt. You know? Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, and this is not news to anybody. The hardest part is what is a need and what is a want. Right. Right. Yeah. We think we all know. And in the moment we don't. Right. Yeah. Right. And I then we you're all have like in a examples. foot of snow with a, sh- a shoe with a hole in it, and you're like, "Wow, well, that was one. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was a want, yeah. or this was a need. This was a need." I was yeah. about to say, "Oh boy, you know your needs are less than mine." <laughs> I have good wool socks. <laughs> <laughs> Damon's theory is everything is waterproof to a certain extent. <laughs> Just you it's get... all a matter. It's all a factor of time, really. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Ron Swanson saved a bunch of money, but he also spent $40 on, on clothing, clothing for five years or five something. Years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what do those trousers look like, Ron? Yeah. <laughs> food and stuff. It seems like he's meticulous in his upkeep. Yeah, yeah. Which is something so. to be said for that, right? Like, we just went and resold my wife's boots because, like, yeah. you know. Wants and needs. She needed boots that worked. She didn't need new boots. Right. right. Yeah. I Man, sew buttons I back like, on things. And, oh, yeah. I just yeah. did that on my coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an influence that I've had on my fiance. It's like at some point early ish in our relationship, he was throwing a pair of pants or shorts or something like that away. He was like, Yeah, the button came off. They're worthless. And I was like, No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I saw a button back on in front of one of my friends once and they looked like I was writing in hieroglyphics. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, it's cloth, thread, and a button. Yeah. Like, did you never take home ec? He's like, I couldn't sew on a button. I'm like, watch a YouTube video. Yeah. It's just slow stapling. Can you tie a knot? <laughs> yeah, can you can you tie, tie a knot, knot combined with slow sta- slow stapling is like the what putting a button on is. <laughs> yeah, there just aren't that many things that you can't figure out how to do, especially if they're that simple Yeah. at this point in our lives. Uh, so, yeah, like... Taking the time to sew on a button is probably a better cause benefit than buying a new pair of pants. Our modern world makes it very difficult, though. Like, have you ever tried to buy a second pair of shoelaces for a pair of shoes? It is it's hard. hard. It's impossible. I agree. <laughs> like, Something I like my bike helmet, <laughs> right? <laughs> my bike helmet needs a new visor, and when I bought it, that was one of the reasons that I liked it was because the visors were like detachable. They're almost impossible to find. It just on their own. And it's so frustrating because it was like a selling point of the thing in the first place. Yeah. Right. I I'm... bought a new handle for our crock pot. <laughs> it was like I had to dig through. I went to the second page of Google results. <laughs> Wait, Google has a second page? You wouldn't believe it, but they do. <laughs> but then I had to like, I, I bought it and it was like $4 and it wasn't the same color as the crock pot. But like, but who, who cares? cares? Yeah. And like. I was just like, this felt like a really big win, but it shouldn't have been that hard to find this right. thing. Right? Yeah. I, 
Okay, go ahead. Because most companies just want you to buy the new thing. Right. Yeah. I polish my shoes because they last longer and because I'm a thousand years old. <laughs> and the number of stores that have shoe polish in them, I'm like, at this point, I'm like, there's one store. I'm like, don't ever stop carrying shoe polish. I don't know Jeez. where I'll go. Yeah, that's so funny. I mean, it's the same thing with furniture. You know, yeah. everything's going more towards IKEA models, but we all know from experience that only gets you so far. Yeah. You Which is ridiculous because theoretically they have a warehouse of spare parts. Uh, <laughs> that's all uh, they are. So true. <laughs> they break everything out into single bits and you just buy a new one. Yeah, but you would never like pay to do repairs on IKEA furniture. Whereas the furniture like repair industry is, is almost. Not non-existent at this point. Right. Well, this just makes me think I've, this is a thing that, uh, like a milestone in financial security that I feel like we haven't maybe hit yet is that we're still at like Ikea furniture stage to the point that I'm not sure where to buy other furniture. Yeah. Oh, my wife and I buy really good bedroom furniture. I'll tell you where we went. Yeah. You want to tell me now? Oh, let's plug for penny mustards. Everybody was really good. Penny mustards? Yeah, penny mustards. Really good homemade stuff. I really See, liked it. here's the thing. It's like, I wouldn't have thought that they sold furniture. I would have Based thought. on their name. They sold I little jars of mustard. <laughs> like, really inexpensive in yeah, condiments. Yeah. Penny store mustard. <laughs> yeah, like you get those big jars that they would have candy in, but they're little packets of mustard, and <laughs> yeah. you scoop them into a bag. Yep. Well, that's not what they sell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I definitely ran into that uh, moving into a shared apartment with my fiance because both of us had been in situations where we didn't have our own furniture and we had to buy a few big pieces at once and we actually budgeted way more money than it ended up costing because we went to a couple of like outlet type places uh, that had a lot of just like overstocks from other Mm -hmm. businesses and it's Mm -hmm. like really good furniture and we just, you know, found the right place for it. Well, this is one of those ones where my wife and I had like a long sit down of like yeah we could buy something that's you know 50 bucks and replace it a year from now or like this is one of those cases where maybe not being frugal can sometimes not always but like this is a situation where this could be 30 year furniture for us and actually both of our parents told us when we moved in together you know hey good advice i guess but like buy bedroom furniture because once you have kids you won't do it and we've had hand-me-down bedroom furniture for 30 years that we've both hated for 30 years and they're like while you're dinks while you're dual income no kids (laughs) buy bedroom furniture it's not sexy but then you'll like it 30 years from now you're being your parents are being really rude to you Uh, you dinks yeah Yeah. (laughs) dual income no kids the first time i heard that that phrase i was like oh and then i was like no, no, that makes a lot of That's sense. A what, yeah. a, what a, what a, what a so practical m- abbreviation. <laughs> There's so many weird ones in the finance world. Henry's, high earners, not rich yet. All sorts of oh, other weird ones. Please tell me all like, of them. This is fascinating. very specific I'm spiritually time wealthy. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's like Spiritual. doctors who are just graduating and lawyers who are like, because oh. like, so tangent. I think financial advisors are really worth it at certain points in your life, but maybe not when you're right started. It's just starting out, blah, blah, blah. But like, they all have a niche. And like, that's something that, I'm a financial coach right now. I think I want to be a financial advisor in my old age, if you will, when I grow up. And like all of them have a niche. I've been thinking, like, who would I want to earn? And then, like, as I was going through niches, I'm like, well, what about Henry's? And I'm like, what the hell is a Henry? Just my name, Henry. Like, Obviously, it's a high earner, not rich yet. And I'm like, obviously, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> also, screw him. <laughs> <laughs> It does feel very uh, like you're putting people down just to try to put them into categories. Yeah. Absolutely. I was like, how about I just work with people I like working with? <laughs> yeah, sure. Although they were like, that's not specific enough. So I'm thinking city dwellers because they works. have very specific needs, but it's not like some of them are so specific. Like I was meeting with a guy. He's great, but he worked with homosexual couples, which was great because he's like they have different needs for adoptions and things that like cost sure. more than like there's different. And then he was like, but that's too broad. So I need to specify it. And I'm like. 
Whoa. Are you serious? That's yeah. too broad. He's like, that's what my business coach tells me. I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like that's that specific enough. Yeah, but. I mean, well, uh, I've heard a statistic before, and I don't know how true it is, but that 10% of the population is homosexual. Uh, I think so. so, like, if it, I guess it would just depend on what you know, how small that percentage or large yeah. that percentage was supposed Wherever to be. You are, I don't yeah. know. It's right. just weird because on one hand, like, that seems already really specific. Sure. But on the other hand, it's like you're not going to work with 10% of the population, so I guess I can see getting more specific. Right. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I just feel like well, I wouldn't want to turn people away. It's the sure, part that right. would hurt me if it's like, oh, I could help you, but no. Yeah, but that's not you my niche. Didn't yeah. develop a lot of <laughs> debt from schooling. So yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry. You like, don't have to deal with money now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that is definitely kind of bizarre. Uh, is there anything where finances and uh, this conversation are concerned that you would feel remiss not to mention in this context? I don't think so. No, I mean this was all good stuff. Like again, know that money's emotional. Know that that's okay. My, again, I only really like the stuff we talked about with couples. And, like, you know, mm. 50% of divorces are caused by money. So have a conversation about it. It can be awkward. <laughs> it can be uncomfortable. It can be weird. But it's better than not having it at all. Yeah. I mean, at a yeah. certain point, right? You don't have to talk about it on a first date. Right. Fact, I really sure, sure, recommend sure. don't. But like, <laughs> yeah. I sure. don't know. We're getting married. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, you got to have that conversation, right? Um, right. Yeah. I, Liz and I talk about it all the time. It's like, it's about. It comes down to taking care of yourself at the end of the day. It's like, you know, you, it's the same with your health. It's the same with, you know, your, you know, daily chores. Like you are doing things that are maintaining yourself so that you are able to be there for your partner or dependents in the future. And if it's hard to think about taking care of yourself because like you, I'm just, for me, it's hard for me to think about taking care of myself first because it's the easiest thing to set aside to, like, help someone else or to, like, go do another thing. Sure. You have to think about it. Like, if you don't take care of yourself, you are in no position to take care of someone else. Sure. And it's like, the, when it comes uh, to a couple, that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. When, the like, oxygen it, mask theory. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If I'm mm-hmm. not taking care of my money, if I'm not taking care of my health, there's no way that I could help Damon out. There's no way I could help my family out. And there's just, like, there's not a right or wrong way to do it either. Right, like it's just like a okay. Do you put your forks, you know, face down or face up in the dishwasher? Right, there's not a maybe right or wrong way to do that. Although people are very. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I have a feeling Dan, you and Megan have opinions. <laughs> oh, we do. Also, there's a right answer. <laughs> so, the point is, like you know, there's ways to do all the little chores in your life and all the things you deal with in your life, and like, you just want to be on the same page. It doesn't have right. to be like right or wrong. It's just, do we put this in the dishwasher or is this something we only hand wash? Same with money. Like, yeah. do we automate this? Do knowledge. we do this? Like. <laughs> Just like, do we launder this money or do we spend it on this? Yeah, exactly. Do we embezzle it? Yeah. But like, you know, you just got to get on the same page of how you're going to run your day to day and then it causes less strife. Sure. Yeah. I think it goes back to those things that you want to prioritize. If one person wants to prioritize one thing way more, then maybe you end up compromising slightly differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for addressing that one uh i like to close it out by asking how you guys feel like your interest in finances have influenced you uh kind of both creatively and in general in the course of your lives uh i have a bfa and that's how i started uh my adult life was like studying art in school and i have your print on my wall you do yeah and i it's something that i still it's something that i'm never going to like throw away as like a passion but um 
like I've, as I've become more self-reliant in money and uh, gotten a better understanding of like where my own like personal priorities lie for my life, like I've wanted to gravitate towards uh, employment that makes me more useful for other people in this, in this, wow. um, uh, in this sense specifically. And it's like, maybe not like Dan becoming like a, a financial advisor, but I want to do work that enables people to utilize the resources around them simply and without as much pain as possible. Um, and I, I'm in the process of exploring like what that looks like, you know, going long term. But like, if you had told me that I'd be doing that at 18, like I would have, you know, shook that person. So, like, <laughs> what year is it? Right? <laughs> who am I? <laughs> well, that's also interesting for me to hear uh, as someone who entered AmeriCorps after they graduated, because it seems like that was something that you were interested in right out of school. Was, well, like, yeah, no, trying to it, help and and help help people use their resources. It was a process, and like for AmeriCorps specifically, like I was brought in through like an arts creative angle. Uh, like I worked for uh, an arts nonprofit that led me to understand that it's not so much about the art. It's about making your environment habitable for people. That's very cool. So and that's that, kind of that maybe had an influence on your 100% trajectory. Did, definitely. And it's just like now, you know, I'm older. I have the money to like reeducate myself. And now's the time to reevaluate that. That's so. awesome. What a great answer. Yeah. For me, I uh, I have a bachelor's in theater, and I uh, had intended to be a capital A actor for, like, my entire life. Sure. And um, growing as a person now and understanding money and the kind of things that I want to prioritize in my personal life has meant that, like, being a capital A, like, stage actor has, like, fallen by the wayside in a lot of ways, which has been sad but also made me feel a lot better about my life good and i do i do audiobook stuff now and i um work on these podcasts and things like that and i'm trying to find ways to make money and do the art that i love at the same time but it's also made me want to like the same as damon to like contribute back to these to the communities that i'm a part of and i have been trying to work out for a very long time, and it's not a thing I can do by myself, about how to make theater a sustainable financial thing, especially in a city like Chicago where there's so many small storefronts and you depend so much on, like, your patrons coming in and subscription models don't work the same that they used to anymore. And, like, I intend to, like, dig deep into that and help out where I can. But, you know, it's also a work in progress. But, like, this podcast in a lot of ways and being a partner of Damon's and like a friend of Dan's has made me like look at the money side of art a lot harder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I definitely think that wanting to pursue it professionally, at least in some point in your life, uh, if not currently makes you forces you to look at like where the money is going in the industry. Cause yeah. I think that's for me, you know, that that's part of the reason why I'm interested in those like big budget blockbusters versus like small horror indies and not, and realizing that there's not much space in between. Anymore. Right. Yeah. You can't make a medium sized thing happen. Yeah. And like the models for what we have 
from previously were like models that worked in previous economies and previous right. ways that people went to engage with their art. And yes. we're not kind of keeping up the way we maybe could. Yes, and the models are definitely going more towards the stream platforms that already exist yeah. because the distribution of those projects it looks completely different. Absolutely. Yours were both so warm and fuzzy, and mine's going to be so very selfish. But <laughs> what do you do? It's all about you. Just you just got done telling you, but you wanted to help everyone. <laughs> That's true. That's um, very true. Just the people he likes. Yeah, oh, right, there right, you go. Yeah. Um, so I, I was a finance major. I was always going to be something business or finance or what have you, and I'm secretly afraid. Uh, so I also I acted all through high school and all through college, and I like that part of me. I like having creative endeavors and I like, you know, being able to, I used to be able to speak a different language. And I just like having things that aren't stodgy, put on tie and go to work. And this is one of this, like lets me do that in a way, like exercise that muscle that I'm really afraid would otherwise totally atrophy and just be a, I go to work, I come home, I watch Parks and Rec, I go to work, I come home, I watch, you know, like it just like, I, I value that in myself and I value that in people and I think our world is getting more and more to the point where people have a hard time talking to each other when they don't relate with each other and I want to have something that I can hopefully relate to a lot of different people, um, whether that's the finance side of me that's kind of boring and nerdy and numbers and Excel based or whether that's like, hey, yeah, I do a podcast now and then. That's really cool. Um, and I think, you know, being able to do what I do, it helps me relate to people and then hopes, hopefully helps me help them when I can understand some of the situation and the things they've gone through and the, what, you know, their perspective. Um, and it just, you know, again, it, it just means the world to me that I'm not like, okay, again, I have nothing but dentists and lawyers who come into me <laughs> who I work, help from nine to five and then I go home and I go to sleep. Like, that just is a life I don't want to live, basically. So very yeah. selfishly, this lets me believe that I'm not living that life, whether it's true or not. So lets you stomach all those Henrys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I say that in a room full of people who do creative all day. So, you know, there's always a bigger fish. But it's it's my little corner like, of my brain. I'm a password reset technician. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? I buy snacks I guess, for an yeah, office. You're a scientist so, by yeah, day. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we're all, we all have our corners. Yeah. Your shares are just bigger. Yep, it's it definitely goes back to that thing of everyone comparing themselves to the people mm -hmm. around them because <laughs> I also feel like a lot of my creative endeavors are uh, attempting to avoid that. You know, being being a scientist by day and coming home and watching TV and going to sleep because <laughs> uh, there's definitely you know there's other things that I want out of uh, my life than that, and I feel like all of this has been a great kind of like summary of all of that for for all of us and kind yeah. of uh, the way that, that our generation can tend to see the world in and uh, finances in general. Thank you guys so much for talking to me. This has been a really uh, wonderful conversation. Thank, Thank you for, for having, having us. us. Having us. Yeah. I, I love you all and I mean that. Aww, Aww, thank you. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome.
thank you all, thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.